You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. The scripture for our message this morning is one that you'll be very familiar with. Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 29. One of the teachers of the law asked Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I often use a little book and devotional every morning called A Guide to Prayer. This week, the prayer that I've been praying that is for seven days across the week is this prayer. If you would, uh, let's say this prayer together as we begin this morning. Good teacher, help me in this hour to hear your clear call to discipleship. By the power of your spirit, Grant me wisdom, courage, and strength to live as your disciple all day long. Amen. So our overarching vision on our campus invites you into this space of belonging, becoming, be set apart. Belong was this theme for chapel last year, inviting you to belong to community, to belong to God. Become is this invitation to growth. It's to learning, to becoming more of the man or woman of God that he designed you to be in relationship with him. It's taking one step closer to Jesus. Be set apart. It invites you into kingdom identity. As a person who's distinctively following Jesus, being set apart It's about a personal calling, it's an ethical calling, and it's a calling to the mission of God, that he would use us in drawing all people to Christ. So this semester, our theme is becoming. And our theme verse from Mark chapter 12, the great commandment, it's not two different commands, but it's this singular commandment greatest command, and that'll unfold across this year. The teacher of the law was completely justified when he was asking Jesus which of these commandments was the greatest. Jesus um, was in the midst of Jews who at that time had 613 laws in front of them. This was massive. The list was beyond imagination, and Jesus boiled it down to one commandment with two parts, and some of you already have that boiled down in the mantra of who you are, to love God and love people. This is the Old Testament that Jesus was quoting. Can someone shout out, where does this come from in the Old Testament? I heard over here the Shema. I heard a guess for Samuel. It's like you back up just a little bit to Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with your heart, soul, and strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And you already heard it. We call this, this passage in Deuteronomy 6, the Shema. It's from the Hebrew word that opens that passage. God speaking through Moses to his people in the first word, is listen. The Lord is one. Love him with all of your being. The great commandment is the foundation of who we become. It's the foundation of our becoming. Who you love, what you love, is shaping your life in a powerful way. Who and what you love is either forming you or it's deforming you. And so the Lord of the universe understands how our hearts are wired, that we're driven by these loves. By that for which we hunger and thirst, it shapes who we're becoming. So in Deuteronomy 6, when you go to the next two or three verses, 7 through 9, God laid out these practices for his people, and he commanded them to love him. And the next verses say, impress on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. Impress them, talk about them, make symbols of these commands and write them on your homes. I know it's hard to imagine the Israelites of 3,500 years ago being as distracted as we are in our world today. But it seems like God was instructing them that habits are important. And it is so easy for us to forget. If they were going to be people who lived by the great commandment, they needed habits that kept what God had said in front of them, in front of their children, when they were traveling, when they were going to bed, when they were waking up, being shaped and formed to love God required habits that would override the many temptations to love other gods. Loving God with our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength is the foundation of our becoming. So this morning, let's explore two truths about the discipleship journey. First, we become what we love. You Are What You Love will be a chapel series for us this semester. So we'll, we'll be diving deeper into our become theme. Next, uh, next week's chapels will be You Are What You Love week. And then we'll have several other chapels that will continue this series going into October. And author Dr. James K. Smith says this about following Jesus. Our wants and longings and desires are at the core of our identity. 
the wellspring from which our actions and behaviors flow. Discipleship, we might say, is a way to curate your heart, to be attentive to and to be intentional about what you love. Discipleship is more a matter of hungering and thirsting than of knowing and believing. We're committed to this journey at Asbury of academic excellence and spiritual vitality of becoming whole people that love God with all of who we are. In other words, what we hunger for and thirst after shapes us. Our hunger and our thirst drive who we're becoming. So you are what you love is synonymous with saying you are what you worship. Dr. Brown spoke on Monday about the profound formation that happens in chapel. This is space where we ascribe worth, where we, are re, where we reimagine the world. And where we reimagine the world means that we're often invited to walk away and reimagine our own habits and our own patterns. This is what becoming is all about that we would become like the one we worship, that our lives would be shaped by the life of Christ. To become is all about discipleship. And this discipleship word, it has about as many definitions as we have denominations. So I would love to focus on two or three simple handles of discipleship. A disciple is a learner, a follower. Christ's disciples followed him. They were students of Jesus. And second, every example that we have in the New Testament is a plural example. There aren't solo experiences of discipleship. So in that way, it could be defined as this journeying towards Jesus with others. That's what we love about community at Asbury. And if you've been raised in the U.S., our culture has often made being a Christian a transaction. If you believe in Jesus, then you have a ticket punched to heaven. Other versions of this would be, if you have been confirmed, your name is on the church roll. If you have been baptized, you're good to go. And we have a culture in that way that can attempt to dumb down Christian faith. That we could in some sense call it half the gospel. And the second half of the gospel is your discipleship. That you will not make this a transaction. But committing yourself to becoming a student of Jesus that lives in the kind of relationship that he has made possible and invited you into. If we become what we love, have you given your affections to being a student of Jesus? The second truth of the discipleship journey is that we're shaped by our habits. If you've ever had Dr. Brian Hull or Dr. John Morley in Dynamics of Spiritual Growth, any shout outs there? Okay, we're making some noise. And you have a grasp about spiritual shaping. Dr. Robert Mulholland gives us one of the most 
simple and clear descriptions of spiritual formation. The process of being conformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. It's a journey that reshapes us to be more like Jesus for non-ego-driven reasons. Is this end goal at the heart of who you desire to become this year? A person conformed into the image of Christ for the sake of the world. The first truth about discipleship is that we become what we love. And James K.A. Smith goes on and he says, the orientation of the heart happens from the bottom up through the formation of our habits of desire, learning to, God, learning to love God takes practice. Our son Isaac was taking a baseball lesson this summer. The coach had him at the plate. You can imagine it if you've ever been a baseball player. He's shifting his stance. He's shifting how his knees are bent. He is moving the bat and where the bat was positioned. He's focusing his eyes. He's telling him what position his neck is in. And then you know what he said. You're going to work on this position at practice every day. You're going to work on this every time that you're in the batting cage. You're going to work on this dozens and dozens of times as you stand in front of the pitching machine. And when you get in the batter's box at the game, you're going to have two thoughts. And you're not going to be thinking about all these positions. You are going to see the ball, hit the ball. And this is why Jamie Smith says to us what you and I can understand, that acquiring virtue takes practice. It doesn't take much to squeeze something else out of us. But kingdom dispositions are inscribed into your character through rhythms and routines and rituals that are enacted over and over again, implanting in you a character trait that you tend to go into without thinking about it. Rhythms like gather, rhythms like wham this Friday night, they take you one step closer to Jesus. Maybe that's your invitation is to join a small group because you haven't sat in one before or a Friday morning Anglican prayer service at 7.30, or a Thursday night compline in the library at 9.30, reading the Psalms together. Since we're talking about our habits, we have to cover the full scope. If spiritual formation shapes us more like Jesus, then deformation is the process of being shaped by our idols. Martin Luther calls it out this way, whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is your God. If we are what we love and what we love is not the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then our loves are urging us to be reordered. Wherever you are on the journey today of being restored into a relationship with God, who came in the person of Christ, who resides in us by the Holy Spirit, there's one invitation that calls us one step closer to Jesus every day. The invitation in John 15, Jesus speaks to those 
They're his students. And he says, abide in my love. Remain in my love. Stay, stay in this posture of being the beloved of God. Remain intimately at home in the love of Christ. On this discipleship journey, you become what you love. It's what happens when we're shaped by our habits. And at the launch of this semester, Jesus is, is inviting you, he's inviting every one of us to be shaped by nothing more than his love for us. The altar here in Hughes is open every time that we worship together. There are many altars in many places that we can kneel on this campus and sometimes it's right in your seat, but this altar in the front is always open.